Oh, hey, folks, what you're about to hear is a one time anomaly. Uh, we have a new audio setup we were testing, new uh, microphones, new things like that with OBS and and all sorts of fun things and uh, caused some weird hiccups. There is a cumulative 49 seconds of this podcast where my mic, Chad, is going to sound um, kind of awful and echoey. And I've tried to isolate it as much as possible. So there will be a 32 second chunk. Later in the podcast, there will be a seven second chunk. And later in the podcast, there will be a 10 second chunk. Not in that order. It's 32 and then 10 and then seven. Uh, so just letting you know that's coming. And it was fixed immediately after. We didn't catch that it was happening even until about halfway through the podcast. So uh, it will be fixed in future things, but this one will have a little bit of a weirdness. Don't worry. It's not you. It's not your headphones. It's not your car. It's not your horse with speakers on its ears. It is us. Uh, but we didn't want to throw away the rest of this great conversation. So enjoy our barf discussion of signalis, signalis, saggy nalis, saggy nipples, and we will see you in much better quality next time. Hello, everyone. It's a dark, stormy night. There are bodies on the floor, hitting the floor. Is it scary? I don't know. Depends on this episode of Signalis. Welcome to Respawning Fire. Uh, this is Barf, our backlog. Yeah, I was waiting for it. The bodies hit the floor. Yeah. Uh, backlog accomplishment, Respawning Friends. We're going to review uh, games that are on our backlog. And today we're going to do Signalis, 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 and I still don't know how to say it. I will never learn. I do not care. Uh, turn this shit down. <laughs> Is uh, that foreshadowing episode, for how you feel about this game? <laughs> no, I just I have no idea how to say it. I'm not even going to bother. Oh, okay. Um, today I have with me. He's already spoke out of turn. Uh, Chad Michael Ennis. Okay, you didn't call Alex out when he said let the bodies hit the floor because I was waiting for my introduction to say I've just been letting all these bodies hit the floor. Should I not be doing that? Uh, you're forgiven, Chad. You're forgiven. Okay, we you. also have with us Alex singing a song in the background. Because, you know, let the bodies hit the... <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, back when I was in high school, uh, I did a video adaptation of like the first couple of chapters of Beowulf. The mm -hmm. old English novel about a warrior called Beowulf that goes to fight an ogre called Grendel and Grendel's mother. And basically, the way we concluded our section of the video was Grendel's mother emerges from the darkness. And we, we learn, because it's like from a first-person perspective, that Grendel's mother is a cyborg. And you know that because it had the, like... I don't know, like w like Apple circa 2011, like filter that makes it look like you're seeing through like a like a cyborg camera. <laughs> yeah. And we had that song, "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor," playing during that segment. And then uh, I want to say that Grendel's mother killed this one guy called Aesir, who's like a character that basically exists within the narrative of Beowulf, just to get killed by Grendel's mother, and then cut to black. Speaking of Beowulf and Grendel and Grundles. Went to go see the movie Beowulf in theaters when they released like the fully animated version with Angelina Jolie. Oh, went to go see that in uh, in theaters, and um, there's a little kid, a little kid sitting in front of us. This is a PG thirteen movie. Angelina Jolie comes up out of the water and like pans down her body as it comes up out of the water. You see her pubic mound, Grundle, perhaps you might call it. 
And uh, the kid is like, she's got a penis. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, but I really, I really should at some point. It's fine. It's all right. It's cool. Uh, we're not here to talk about Grundles or Beowulf. We are here to talk about Signalis. Signalis uh, is a survival horror video game um, developed by Rose Engine, which is a two-person team, uh, published by Humble Bundle Games. Um, it was released for PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One on October 27th, 2022. It is generally liked overall. It's uh, Metacritic score is about an 84 for the best review. Uh, Open Critic is an 85. Um, and this is an interesting episode because I, for, for basically, so I know I beat the game. I beat it a week ago. I believe Alex has beat the game. Chad, mm -hmm. I have as of last week, last Sunday, when we recorded our podcast, you had not started this video game. That is correct. Did you finish this video game? I, based on the IGN walkthrough a uh, list of environments that you go through. I imagine I'm about two thirds of the way through the game and I did watch okay. a story overview thing and uh, didn't matter. I, mean, I could have not beat the game. I could have watched it. It would all ended up the same. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yes. Uh, mm. So I guess we'll just do top level. How do we like it? Whatever. What do we think? I, because before... there's a lot about this game that is there is to talk about. Go ahead, Alex. Bef yeah, I just want to say real quick, before we get to that, uh, I am curious, Adam, and this mm -hmm. is not, typically this isn't really something that we ask when we do these barf episodes, but I am genuinely curious, what inspired you to put this game down as a barf game for the month of January? Because like, I feel like typically when we do these, it's just kind of like, oh, these are all games we've had like on our minds of things we want to get to, but like... I don't really take you as being kind of like a horror guy, or at least this specific breed of like horror video game, for example. And I'm just curious, like, was it just a thing of like, oh, that's like a very popular game. I know a lot of people liked. I want to get to it at some point. Uh, yeah, no, a bit, I'm going to argue with this child. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> no. for me, it, <laughs> it was that I, so I just made my list of four. Initially, it was like, I think you were like, do games that have 10-year anniversaries. And I was like, cool. And I did that for two of them. The other ones, I were like, what are things that I know people like that have come out recently that basically just like, what's a backlog game that we got to? And I know a lot of people like Signalis. So I put it on the list um, and just put it on. I was not expecting it to win, but it did. So I'm like, cool. This is a game that I, there's, the thing about this game, from what I can tell, is that the people who like it really, really like it and want to tell you how much they like it. And then if everyone else just doesn't talk about it because they didn't play it. Um, so it's one of those two things, but yeah, so I'd heard about it. It's like, sure. I'll add it to my list. And that's why we're here. I, I like horror stuff. I did. I liked Alan mm -hmm. Wake a lot. Come on now. Well, well, I'm just, I mean more in the, the vein of like, like, it's clear that this game specifically takes a lot of inspiration from like PS one era horror games, like your silent Hills clock tower kind of games of that breed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fun. Looking at this. I don't, I know it's a throwback, but I did not play a lot of those games. And I think that's some of the interesting gameplay stuff in here where it's like, it's hearkening back to that era, but I think in a modern way that doesn't feel as bad as those games felt. So that's pretty cool and interesting. But uh, yeah, no, it just happened to end up on the list. But I guess we'll go ahead and start. Alex, top level, how did you feel about Signalis? Signalis, aka Signalis, is a game that I'm very happy that i played here let me put, let me put it this way i feel like this game signalis aka signalis 
I think we'll just call it Signalis from now on. Although Chad I'm can call be Signal a is. rebel if he wants to. Uh, this is, I feel like, the perfect kind of barf game. The perfect kind of game to have on this sort of recurring show on the podcast. In the sense that, you know, this game, as I kind of walk away from it and reflect on it, may not become one of my absolute favorite games of all time. I don't even know when we get to the end of 2024 if it'll be on my list of my favorite games of the year. But it's a really unique and incredibly polished experience that I otherwise would never have played had I not been forced to do so by Barf. And I'm really glad that it forced me to do so. Uh, I think this game has, as I stated, you know, just insanely slick production values for a game ostensibly made by basically just two people with, you know, some help from a few other people here and there. Uh, I thought the puzzles were incredible uh, on the regular and like incredibly kind of varied as well. Uh, the game's sound design is like incredibly creepy and incredibly effective. And overall, the game is just like a, a mood and the feels are real in this one, even if I can't claim that I fully understand exactly what's going on at every single given point. Um, didn't love everything about the game. I think that the kind of six space inventory system gets a little bit tiring to kind of manage over time. It's tough because like I can tell like I've not necessarily played a whole lot of these, you know, again, older Silent Hill games, older clock tower games. And so I don't necessarily have an amazing frame of reference for what those games were like versus what this game is like. I can definitely tell that this game made a lot of concessions, made a lot of more modernized quality of life improvements to make this genre of game more palatable to our taste nowadays. Things like the six space inventory system feel like uh, you're trying to throw back a little bit too much to the olden days. And I don't think it's to the game's benefit. Uh, I think it's a little bit tough to kind of keep track of all the kind of various characters in the game, especially considering that so many of them look or sound so similar to each other. Um, but I understand that, like, in terms of the game's narrative and lore, characters appearing similar to each other is sort of the whole point of it. You're supposed to be confused and uncertain of whether or not this character is that character or that character is this character or this character is a reflection or echo of that other character. So I, I do kind of respect that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, other than that, it's a game that I think really kind of left a mark on me and I'm really glad that I played it. Chad, as a man who played parts of it and then watched the rest... How do you feel about Signal? I didn't, I didn't necessarily watch the rest. I watched the rest of the story content, and some really boring-sounding guy explained the story to me. Um, because <laughs> I have a different interpretation of high-level or top-level views on this game, so I'll, I'll keep mine a little bit more succinct. Um, I... This is one of the very, very, very few barf games that I did not finish that I regret not finishing. And I 100% am going to oh. go back and finish this game. And whoa, yeah, I it all it just came down to time. I, I just I spent more of my life in the new Vision Pro that I just picked up on Friday than I had intended. I'd reserved three days of my life to to play this game. And I did not play this game as much as I thought I would. Um, so that being said, yes, I really did. I enjoyed the throwback. This is 100% like this game is Resident Evil. This game is Resident Evil 1 from Alex mentioning the, the inventory system to the, the enemies who are slow-ish, but then in the director's cut of Resident Evil, like sometimes you'll kill them and then 
the crimson heads will pop back up and they'll be stronger or faster and um so i really that kind of thing resident evil one being basically one of the the barf games that i have not finished that i do not regret very much do not regret not finishing uh this is different the whole time i was like on the edge of am i going to finish this does this inventory system bug me enough that i'm not going to finish it and no i kept pushing through and and finding ways to find pleasure in it so um yeah love dug the art direction uh i, I really enjoy the atmosphere the sound design all that kind of stuff uh story even watching the explanation, have no idea what was going on for all the same reasons Alex just said. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm going to play the last several hours of this game that I have left. And I, again, just like this, I this is a game that I literally had never heard of, would not have played for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm just really excited that, that we got to play this. Dope. Uh, I'll echo some of the, what you guys said were... I like the idea of a throwback, but actually being more modern. I think if you're going to do a throwback to something, don't make it exactly like that. Because this game would have taken controls or whatever. It would have been awful. But I do like the idea of the save rooms. And I will say that the inventory well, I mean, it, it is, I think, maybe... not have tank controls. But I'm talking but... about, like, the fixed camera bullshit yeah, 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 yeah. stuff from Resident Evil. That is awful. At least it's top down the whole time. So I don't mind holding a button. To... I don't mind having a twin stick shooter. I don't like when I walk into a room and then because I'm pressing the same direction, I'm now looking at other other area and I got a that old school Resident Evil aiming, walking in different camera angles. Is, I don't like that. Uh, so this fixes that. I get my my number one issue is the six item inventory, which is it's fine at the first half of the game because it's like I'm picking up a key, which opens this door, which gets me this item. So I really always yeah. I'm like I'm exchanging one for one. And, it's never and you also have, like, relatively few guns and relatively few healing items and yeah. things like that. It's not too bad. But in the latter half of the game, and again, this is all spoilers because we're talking about this game. Especially, I do like how they do the fake credits thing where it's like, you beat the game, but actually you go back in, in the real game. That last section in the game is so bad for the inventory system just because there is, like, there are six key, there are, like, six puzzle pieces that you need to take to a room and then, and it's not, in the beginning of the game, it's very much like, I need this key to get to this door to get to room B. Cool. That last section of the game is just like, here's a whole open area, and you have more items that you need than slots, so you're just running back and forth to the box, and it's like, did not like it. And it's so stupid, because you can, if you just know the answer, you can just kind of cheat and get to the end of the game without actually doing any of the puzzles, which is interesting. So again, okay, I like maybe that I idea. <laughs> I, I, you can just look it up how to do it. It's really not that hard. Yeah, um, but I mean, the, again, the, I liked what it. I played it for was the gameplay, not necessarily the story, because I couldn't follow any of it. So, yeah, if the gameplay gets shittier and I have to look it up to, like, get the solution, nah. Yeah, that's only after you restart the game. I think up there, up till then, you're fine mostly. When you restart and get the true ending, I feel like it's a little much. Um, but I like this game. The one, I like the story. I like the idea of the story. But the, I think the theories, I, I think, are more interesting than the actual story itself. I think the problem it comes down to, again, I do like this game overall. It's very cool and unique. I'm glad we played it. And again, I love the first half of the game, especially gameplay-wise. I think the problem with the story is that there are so many interesting theories and like, oh, this could be this, this could be this, based on this, this could be that, but there's actually no real answers. So it's like, here's a bunch right. of threads of interesting things. Who knows? And it's like, well, that's not really satisfying. To actually, that there's... 
that there actually is no answer because they, they leave enough clues for multiple things to be true and nothing's mm -hmm. true. So that means nothing actually matters. That's my only real issue. Um, and it doesn't actually tell you anything. You have to like put it together through reading stuff and yada, yada, yada. But I was like, give me an actual story, even if it's whatever. But I knew from the, I, I think I tweeted this out. The minute the game starts, I do like how that we go back and forth between the over uh, top down and the first person parts. That's pretty yeah. cool. The first thing you do in this game, one of the first things you do is like crawl through a hole and pick up the king in yellow. I was like, okay, well, this is none of this is going to matter because this is Lovecraft bullshit. This is all cosmic horror, mind trippy shit. And they do it in the first like mm. 10 minutes of the game. So I'm like, cool. But um, overall, again, I like it. There are things that are really cool about it. There are a lot of things that are unfulfilling, but that's just for me from a story perspective, whatever. And then I, that last section sucks for puzzles. But awesome that two people made this kind of video game so shout outs to them i'm glad we played it if i'm getting to if i'm getting to like the part where you're going through floors you know five six seven eight and i've mm -hmm. done all of that and, and i'm kind of getting to the end of that part how much longer do you think i've got left to go in this game so you have one more area which is called nowhere which mm -hmm. is like a little and then that gets you to the quote-unquote ending and then after that, you have one more large area that you do. So you basically have two more areas. I, I would game. say, okay. based on how much time I spent in the game, like you're only like about halfway through, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I finished the like game would, in eight hours and 15 minutes total, but that was just me. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's... Adam's is really good at video games. Vary, so. but... No, it's I definitely put it on easy, so I did not need to those, heal. Those last two areas are like definitely bigger and more complicated than any of the prior areas. So that's mm -hmm. why I would put you more at halfway through. But I mean that was just that was just my own playthrough. Could be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh there's more I, stuff. I, I do want to say, you know, on the subject of the game served narrative being a kind of unfulfilling, I, I get where you're coming from of like, you know, it, ultimately the game is not concerned with providing a definitive answer of exactly what's going on how much of the events on this uh, uh re-education uh facility are actually true and how much of it could possibly be a psychic dream that's dreamed up by ariane and nothing is actually ever happening uh i will say really like found myself quite fascinated and interested by the just overall lore of this world um I, and I want to preface this by saying that, like, I don't think this should actually happen. I don't think that every video game needs to become an expanded universe. But there's part of me that's like, man, I would absolutely play like another game set within this world because it's like shockingly like well fleshed out and a really like just full of all sorts of like interesting little details and just planets and bits of lore that make me want to spend much more time in it than I spent in this game, as harrowing as my time with this game was. Here he said, "Fleshed out, everybody, flesh, flesh. Ooh, Lovecraft, ooh, flesh everywhere." There was a, there was a mm. uh, message somewhere, like a flyer, or a poster said, "Wir sind alle flesh, flesh," which means we're just all meat. Oh, you would mm -hmm. love that. Yeah, this game is made by the two people are from Germany. So Chad would probably get more out of yeah, this game. Not, than, I, uh, I understood like most of all the, the German that was all over the screen. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially oh. that one room where you walk what, into and there are the people that are like, and then you like, well, that's all the people. But the four people specifically with the, with the painting and the keyhole in the painting. And then it's like, tune your frequency to this. And you do that. And then they're just like, and it's the stirb, 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 which means die, die, die.
It's like, oh, oh cool. Okay, so cool. S- stick with me on this. You know how sometimes we'll be playing a Japanese game and the Japanese game will feature English text or letters or some sort of English phrase that I'd imagine to them sounds really cool, but to us sounds really like banal or dumb. Was there any moment playing through the game where you're like, oh man, there's this German text on screen that if you didn't know German would sound really cool, but sounds really dumb to us? To, 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 or rather, to you, for, no. to someone that understands it. Okay. Get, what about the part that where the the subtitle came up and it said like uh, compart compartmentalized trauma or whatever? <laughs> I was like, okay, guys. I don't know if what I got is the to thing? that part. No, there's a part where it's like it's very heavy handed. It's like trauma here. Your trauma goes here. Uh, you know allegory for trauma here instead of violent <laughs> picture it's like oh, i got you guys i got you um very cool so is there anything so we know how we feel about it i do have reviews from other people who like the game is there any way that you guys want to take this because I mean, we kind of touched on the story there isn't there isn't answers we talked about the gameplay is there anything we want to get into before i talk about these reviews i got from other people anything at all Again, I just for me the story thing is like I'm with Alex. I would like to see more, but it's very mm. much like yeah, that girl like there are people who have can like create things with their minds, but also the king in yellows at the beginning of the game, which is a Lovecraft thing. That's why there's flesh at the bottom of this. Oh, but is it real flesh? Because maybe the imprint of the robot was from the ex-girl, but maybe it was from the other robot. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot mm. and also nothing at all. But uh, I was reading uh, like I I read uh, like a lot of theories on what might be happening in this game as well. An interesting theory I read that I was like, huh, that's interesting, is if we ascribe to the theory that it's not a Lovecraft thing and it is just a psychic dream that this girl is conjuring and that all the events of the game are occurring within this dream. um, The theory was that Elster, which is the replicant you play as, is a real replicant, but all the other replicant types that you encounter and fight in the game are don't actually exist within this fictional universe and are all basically like meant to be representations of the other people that Ariane knew in her life. Like for example, the one male uh, replicant that you encounter a couple of times and tries to stop you at the end. Adler is like based off of this other guy that she knew when she was living on her colony as a child. And it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then there's but, also the thing, which is a little darker. Again, I, I listened to uh, Tales from the Backlog, Dave Jackson, which we're going to meet at PAX East. He did a, a podcast on it, and there was a whole thing. It's like, all the characters in the game are women, and they're talking about like becoming whole, and they're all like these awful flesh monsters that are all like... Basically, all the women mm-hmm. are tortured, and every time you have a close-up of, of a character's face, it's beat up and stuff. And Adler's the only male in the in the in the game and he's the adversary so it's like was some woman abused and then like this is her recreation of her trying to work through her abuse by this one dude or whatever because again there's only one male character in the entire game and he's the bad guy Mm. and then it's just a bunch of bruised and beaten up and like disfigured women is the rest of it but then it's also like well it could really just be a lovecraft thing and they dug too deep and then they hit the you know the center of the planet and it's just like a living planet that's a whole river monster or it's a dream uh, you know We'll figure it out one of these days, I guess. What if they dug, they actually did dig to the bottom of that planet and they found the Lovecraft thing, but the Lovecraft thing was like, no, no, I'm just cool. I don't want to do anything. (laughs) But then because of the psychic dream, the psychic dream is what turned the Lovecraft thing evil. Mm -hmm. And so. 
I mean, there's all, even theories that like the girl who like, I forget her name who who has the psychic powers read uh, horror Ariane read horror stories, and that's why she created this world that Elster has to go through. So Elster, because there is a, a thing of a cycle, because there are a bunch of Elster bodies all over the place. It's right. like I created a horror thing for you to get through. So at the end of it, you could uphold your promise, which is your promise is to kill me because I have radiation poisoning and I you have to kill me. Mm. Um, there's a lot. But then again, there's also no answer, which that's the only part. That real quick, me. real quick, before we get to the reviews that people wrote in with, did yes. you guys watch the secret ending to the game? No, I don't think I got, so. There's like, there's like four or five endings. I didn't get the artifact. I got the one where you like sit next to her and then you die. But she's like, oh. I don't remember you. That's what it is. I got the memory. Oh, yeah. I know the, there are three endings. There's I, like, I, I don't remember you. And then there's also like, you both, yeah, you both die together. You make her keep her promise. And then there's another one too, right? Intra. Interesting. So I got the promise ending, which is the ending where she remembers you and you fulfill the promise of killing her. And what I've read online, I was, I mean, it's a very sad ending. I was still fine with it because ultimately there is a sort of sense of closure to it like you finally quote unquote close a loop what i was reading online though is that like there is sort of the implication that even though there is seemingly a sense of finality to this ending like the loop will still continue even after this um so the secret ending basically what you have to do is you have to find a bunch of radio signals find a bunch of keys and then use it to unlock a safe in the room uh, with the king in yellow that you encounter early on and basically when you do that a very esoteric ceremony plays where a bunch of dead elsters uh appear in front of these pillars one of them puts a flower pot with a lily on one of the pillars a weird glowing donut ring appears from what i recall and then we see Ariane's eye overlooking Ariane and Elster as they have one last dance. But this time it's in the broken and destroyed Penrose ship, which implies that it's happening in the present rather than a flashback. That the secret artifact ending is what that one's yeah. called. So unfortunately, Adam, it doesn't supply much in the way of definitive answers about uh, the game that you just experienced. But it seems like in some capacity, our main characters have a little bit of happy closure at the very end yeah if you do all those keys again this game a lot of people try to be artists and try to be you know like pretentious or whatever word you want to use for it but like at least the game is fun and cool and there's enough interesting things there and i'm like okay i can latch onto this compared to just being like look at all the books i read i'm going to put it in a video game because i'm so smart <laughs> and, and even if we don't necessarily agree on exactly what it is that this game has to say it's clear that the two women that made this game really did have something to say. And that it, it's it, this game is more than just uh, like, fuck, well, what, it's, it, it's such an obvious uh, turn of phrase, but like the, the game is more than just kind of sparkle and pizzazz. The game mm -hmm. uh, actually is it's it's more substance than style. It's not style over substance. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, but the game is also very stylish too. So you could say it's stylish and substance. It's got all of it. Uh, all right, so I got these reviews now. Uh, first one is from. Uh, let me sure I do read these all right. Um, so yeah, I went to a secret Discord and asked people what they thought about it. I know we have one from Stormageddon and one from Dave Jackson against from Tales from the Backlog. Bro. You can't just keep calling. You can't call everything secret Discord now because you went to Twitter. <laughs> well, no, th these responses are from a secret Discord. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, this is actually, um, so the first one, so Stormageddon uh, says, I loved it. Um, 
Summation of my thoughts. Incredible presentation, awesome ambiance, tight, snappy combat, and a story I only vaguely understand but still enjoyed. Absolutely worth your time. That is from uh, Stormageddon. And then from Dave Jackson, again from Tales from the Backlog. Here's what I wrote. Uh, a wonderful, dreamlike horror game with incredible aesthetics and a story that has inspired a ton of theory crafting on my end. Something not many games manage to do. Clearly inspired Resident Evil, but uh, expertly eases fiction, uh, friction points. Fantastic. So yes, it's like one of those old games, but better uh, feeling <laughs> to play at least, for sure. All right, uh, is there anything else? Or is that is that it for this game? That I'm shocked that every I'm really just shocked that Chad enjoyed it. I thought that he wouldn't have had yeah. enough time and was like, "Fuck this game, stupid." But I'm no, I enjoyed it surprised. a lot. Yeah, I really I really liked playing it, so I'm excited to finish it. We're off to a a better year. No, I'm not gonna say we're off to better because I remember last year we did this in our game of the year stuff for 2023 when we went through all of our barf games. And it was like, half those games were like fine to not great, but we're already starting off with a pretty good one. So this will be, uh, hopefully yeah. we keep this up with the next games that we play. Uh, again, I don't know if this is like the definitive all-time video game that we played on Barf that you, viewer at home, have to go out and play immediately. But this game is absolutely worth your time. And even if you walk away from it being like, I, I didn't really understand what was going on and I didn't really get a lot out of it. I just think that the sheer presentation values and puzzles uh, that the experience has to provide make it more than worthwhile. True, true. All right. So that's it for Signalis. That's our barf episode on it. Next month, we will. the votes are in. Next month, Nancy, right here, we're going to be playing Castlevania Lords of Shadow 1. Very fun. If you have a and double pack, <laughs> go ahead and pop that in. It is like six dollars, I think, on Xbox for the next seven days. Oh, so get on that. Yeah, Ooh. go get it if you need it. Very cool. Yeah, that game's available. It was a 360 PS3 game, um, but backwards compatible and probably on PC or whatever. So yeah, go figure out how to play Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Talk about it. Write us your reviews. Come on the podcast if you'd like. And I think that's it for uh, Barf. So. Uh, I guess until next time, Signalis. Signalis? Signalis. 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 Signalis.